You are listening to the Enormo Cast. The Enormo Cast is proud to be sponsored by Black Diamond Equipment. At Black Diamond, the process of building gear begins and ends with climbing. A need drives an idea, and that idea is tweaked, tested, and refined in a never ending cycle. Use, design, engineer, build, repeat. Guided by this philosophy, Black Diamond has been making equipment for the full spectrum of climbing pursuits for more than 25 years. From the boulders to the big walls and everything in between, Black Diamond makes gear and apparel you can trust when it matters. Visit BlackDiamondEquipment.com to check out the latest all-new gear, as well as a fine-tuned collection of apparel, and get the latest stories, photos, and videos on their blog, Black Diamond Experience. Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? Are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, a big place. That's, out. Out That's a big nice. place. You sold oh, it out. Out. I'll say, you really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed climbing them with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes. And now, La Sportiva has joined the Enormo Nation as a premier sponsor. And of course, don't forget Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com, enter Enormo at checkout to get a discount on great coffee and to help out the Enormo cast. Please support all of our great sponsors and let them know that you love them. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Enormous Cast. This is your host, Chris Kalous. It is June 6th, about 8.20 Mountain Standard Time. This is episode 84 of the Enormous Cast, a conversation with German climber Daniel Jung. I believe Daniel is the first German that I've had on the show. Uh, Mayan was half German. And uh, just, you know, trying to remember 83 episodes. I can't think of any others. So, yeah, so that's a first for the Enormacast. I know I have some German fans. I've heard from a few of you guys. Sent some stickers out to Germany, in fact. So, very rare, exclusive club. Um, the Enormacast stickers running around Germany. So, if you guys see a Enormacast sticker on another... Audi, Porsche, Volkswagen, whatever you're driving over there, BMW, then, you know, you want to pull over and say hello because you guys are a very exclusive club. I'm not sure I get the Germans. I don't know. We'll see. Have a listen to this uh, interview and you can decide whether I get on the Zeitgeist or not of the German thing. Anyway, coming up in just a few minutes, Daniel Young. And really, I don't have much else to tell you. Um, I'm going to be in Lander next weekend, but by the time most of you all hear this, it's going to have happened. Hopefully, we ran into each other up there. You stopped by the uh, mobile studio, or maybe we had a drink at the Lander bar, whatever. Looking forward to that, heading up with the boys, HK, Hayden Kennedy's headed up there, along with Simon and Steve from uh, the last Listener Mail episode. So good times will be had. They always are. A lot of times, those good times do, in fact, involve cattle. So you can make what you will of that statement. And really, that's about it, other than my normal spiel. Well, actually, not so normal spiel. I want to thank everybody who's donated 
to the podcast of late and um, of all time, actually. You know, it really helps keeping this thing going. I have some sponsors, but the main support comes from listeners who get excited to kick down, which is really interesting because, you know, an economist would tell me that this is a terrible thing to do, give something away for free and just expect people to give you money of their own volition. But it's sort of working, and I appreciate that. If you do want to donate, you can head to enormacast.com and click on the Donate tab. There's also some other things you can do that don't involve handing me money. Um, and if you want to click on the Help Out tab, those things are up there, which uh, you know involves writing some reviews on iTunes, subscribing over there, clicking on the Facebook page, that sort of thing. Um, all that stuff helps me, I think. I'm not sure exactly how, but it does. I guess it gets the word out. We're still spreading the word about this thing. More and more people are listening. I run into more and more people who know the show, hear my voice, and say hello. The weird voice recognition thing at the crag. I've gotten kind of used to it now. Apparently, I have a very distinct voice. Anyway, but, uh, you know, there's still climbers out there that have never heard of this thing. So tell your friends, spread the word, and thanks again for the donations to the cause. I very much appreciate it. Okay, let's get to it then. A very heavily accented interview with Daniel Young. I thought that Daniel was a lot younger than he actually is. We talked a little bit about his age in the show. Um, he definitely puts out a much more youthful vibe, but yeah, he's been around for a little while and uh, kind of a already sort of a journeyman climber. And one of the things that's really cool about Daniel is that he is kind of legendary for just dirtbagging and uh, showing up at a cliff and camping out and not necessarily running some sweet van, but just uh, throwing a tent out in the woods. That's how I actually met him. I was doing the same thing, actually, and uh, camped down the hill from him, secretly outside of uh, Julia, mostly because I wasn't into spooning with my buddy in the van, so I was outside on the ground. Nevertheless, kind spirit, youthful spirit, super nice guy, and a soul climber. And I believe he's one of the baddest in all of Germany. So here we go. Conversation, German climber, Daniel Young. Hey folks, Sportiva is a proud sponsor of the EnormaCast. And as many of you know, I've worn several models of Sportiva climbing shoes for years. And frankly, if I had to, I'd probably trade my firstborn for a pair of Miras. But I mean, he's only a 25 pound baby and like... You know, it'd be easy to just cinch him in the backpack. I'm sure it'll be fine. But this month, we are highlighting the new Genius, a shoe so haughty that it accuses chestnuts of being lazy. The Genius features the next-gen no-edge technology, so they come right out of the box ready to smear those non-existent dimples and divots on hard boulder problems to steep, techie sport climbs. And it turns out that a comfy fit does not mean performance loss with the Genius. So if you're ready to up your wax-on, wax-off from above average to Genius... Go to Sportiva.com or your nearest climbing retailer to check them out, along with Sportiva's full line of mountain boots, trail running shoes, approach shoes, and climbing shoes. So um, this is take two, take two. Uh, so I'm sitting here in uh, the Hyatt Regency Park Hotel, something like that here in Salt Lake City. Which is a little different than what I normally do here in Salt Lake. It's not OR. And many of you guys listening know that I do a lot of interviews at OR at the Roadway Inn or some other craptastic hotel. This one's high end because I'm here for the, uh, well, relatively high end anyway. I'm here for the uh, Black Diamond Rock Project. 
uh, weekend here in Salt Lake City, their event, trying to kind of bridge the gap between the gym and outdoor climbing. And they put me up at the, re- uh, the Hyatt, and it's like much nicer than the roadway in. So I'm sitting here with German climber Daniel Young. Daniel, how's it going? Really good. How are you? Good, good. I actually <laughs> had to wake Daniel up from a nap um, to get him over here. I apologize. I'm going to apologize that for that on air. No problem. Yeah. Um, he's, being, he's here for the Athlete Summit for Black Diamond, and he's sort of being like shoved around and put into these things. And, and I was just telling you, Daniel, you're, I think, the first person that's kind of been forced to come on the Enormacast by someone besides myself. So I appreciate you being here. Yeah, I hope you can enjoy the interview yeah. with someone that got forced to the interview. <laughs> well, we're holding your passport, so if you don't do a good interview, you're not getting home, yeah. so just keep that in mind. So, um, Daniel and I met uh, a couple months ago in Chulia in Spain. Uh, I ended up over there to uh, climb with my friends and ended up down there and met Daniel at dinner and then hung out and climbed uh and camp near each other for the next couple of days. So tell me a little bit about your trip to Chulia this, this winter. Yeah, I had a short trip to Chulia, it's only 12 days. Uh, usually my trips are a bit longer. I really like long pl- climbing trips, but this one was a short one, only 12 days. But I really enjoyed it because it was my first climbing trip since a while. Usually I do a lot regularly, but now I open the business. I think we will talk later about that. So it was a really nice short holiday to a new area. I haven't been there before. I just heard a lot about it. Um, yeah, like you said, like old um, place. Uh, people climbed there, maybe it got nearly forgotten. Then people start to build some new things and now you could see pictures everywhere of Shulilias. And uh, of course, I wanted to check check the place because it looked like a super beautiful, amazing landscape. And uh, yeah, we had some a pretty funny time there. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, it's just remarkable that um, of, you know there's hundreds of walls in Spain, especially in northern Spain, which that's kind of right in the middle, but but definitely up towards Catalonia, and. It just sort of appeared back on the map in a way, and about a year ago, I just started hearing about this place. And I know a lot of Americans went there in the last year, so I just kept seeing it over and over again. And then arriving there, there was like two eras of climbing. Like there was the old stuff that was on sort of the vertical um, brownstone that was a little polished from the. I think it seemed to have been put up mostly in the 90s, and then this kind of resurgence, and they found these big steep tufa walls but it's kind of funny to say they found them because they're they're literally right next to the other walls but i don't know if it was just a style thing of the era where you stayed off of that and stayed on the super crimpy stuff because most of that steep stuff is is new yeah that was a yeah a surprise for me as well because the colonists look very impressive and uh, the traditional crimpy routes they are good but if you used to climb in places like zirana they are just just okay they're nice it's okay but like not the cla- high class crimp climbing as you find in Zurana mm-hmm. but the colonnade climbing that is really good right so you have really big colonnades uh, you usually don't find that often it's very spectacular technical things so I really liked it maybe they just didn't build it because it looked too futuristic for them they or maybe there was some kind of vegetation at the bottom yeah, of I think the wall. Yeah, I think a lot of them probably had 
a lot of vegetation on them, even yeah. on the wall, like vines and things. So maybe they just like didn't notice the rock underneath. Yeah, that's fine. So y- you mentioned, you know, that that was a short trip for you, and and um, that you're used to taking much longer trips. And the reason for that is that you have a business now. And where where is the town where your business is? Uh, it's Siegen. Okay. That means it's a German word for winning. For winning. <laughs> so sounds like a good city. Uh, it's uh, in the middle west of Germany, okay. more or less in between Cologne and Frankfurt. Okay. Like, like 100 kilometers to Cologne, 100 to Frankfurt, more or less. So it's uh, like an area where, yeah, there's just one s- city in the middle. 100,000 people live there, and surrounded by nothing. Right. <laughs> yes. And this this is the place and seeing I, I I was born there. I'm still living there and um yeah, this this is the place where where all the climbers we had some climbers, but we didn't have a gym there, no right. proper gym. So we drove, we spent a lot of time driving to other cities, to other places to rock climb and uh so we thought this is the place to build our gym. Right. And you found this like really uh cool old industrial site to put it in and that that is it actually directly above the quarry because i saw the video where you guys are climbing or is it near the quarry or what's the story no no no. the the quarry is just a a local climbing area but it's from our city we have to drive every time so this is like nearly one hour one and a half okay away so yeah uh yeah we were lucky we we had the idea with the gym since a while like already 10 years ago Mm -hmm. we were thinking to build up a put up a gym um and the idea to make a boulder gym will last three four years and then yeah two years ago we were very lucky to get the connection to this night to the owner of this super nice building and the building wasn't in use for like it was abandoned more or less like 20 years maybe Mm -hmm. a bit more so um there was a lot of work but at the end, um, we, we really liked the style, so it was worth to put a lot of effort in it. Right. So, and, and like, you know, it's you and your brother own it. Um, are there other owners? I mean, how is it? Is it a collective? How yeah, is it that a, you guys, you know, thought up this idea to create a gym for your climbing community? Because I, I hear, I mean, in my town, we've talked about that. I've heard like a collective, a co-op, or how is this going to work? And it, it appears as though you guys kind of, found it and built it yourselves yeah we we found it um we found it ourselves the building it's Mm -hmm. in the middle of the city we have more or less like we have a lot of hills and our city is not like a a round city where you have a church in the middle like you find a lot in in germany it's just like we have a lot of hills so the the city is stretched in between the hills like in the valley and there are two centrums and we are lucky to just be in between so that's super good like super central uh, next to the city highway, so it was. I heard that there were a lot of people asked the owner to to get uh, the building for something, and I don't know why, but we were the lucky ones to at the end to okay. to get it. Yeah. And by get it, I mean are you? Rent- we rented it. Yeah, yeah okay. we rented it. And he's let you renovate the whole thing. And yes, um, he he wanted to to keep the building because it's uh, from the fifties mm-hmm. uh, building we have and. Um, it's nice to 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 save it to keep it and so the owner also spent a lot of i guess uh, some money and work in the building to mm-hmm. re- renovate it so right. we uh, get a new new ground inside we got a new roof and some things yeah and so you know 
you kind of mentioned in this video that I saw that it was like, you know, you, you also had this idea of creating this focal point for the community. And, you, you know, one of the big deals, at least with gyms in the States, is like, well, how, how is it that all this is paid for? I mean, have you gotten enough support out of the community to make it a viable business? And, you know, your brother and you work there. That's one of the reasons you have to go home and also the reasons you don't take these super long trips anymore. Um, but is it is it working? You know, is it are people coming together to make sure that it, it stays in business, quote unquote? Yeah, we're uh, we were very surprised. We just opened um, before Christmas, like in the middle of December. Oh, it's brand new. Yeah, it's brand new. Oh, okay. Everything is brand new, and we were very surprised how many. I knew, we knew that like the hardcore climbers that went to the to the rock every weekend, but there were like people we we haven't seen before just from our city came inside and said, hey, thank you for putting up a gym. We were waiting for such a long time. And this was something we didn't expect. So we thought we mainly will, ha will have like beginners. We have mainly beginners, but like the, there are a lot of people uh, we didn't expect that already boulder a lot mm -hmm. and climb a lot. And mm -hmm. they just drove many hours to other um, cities to climb. So, right. yeah. And you grew up in this town? I grew up in the town, yeah. Okay. So it's... It's yeah, not, it's a city. It's not right. a town. Well, yeah, city. So, but it's it's not one of these cities that we hear about in terms of a focal point for German climbing. So, what what was your beginning? How did you become a climber growing up in this town with no gym and and uh, and maybe not in one of the great centers for for climbing in in the country? Yeah, there were two things. One was I was. Um, I was at a trade fair in Cologne, there was an artificial climbing wall. It was 92, very early, and I was climbing on that one. I really liked it. It was just like five minutes or something. I even didn't climb to the top. I just bouldered along the ground because there was no one to belay me. And, uh, but there was, during that time, no, modi no, no opportunity to okay. climb in our city or around. So, and then uh, during family trips, we, we traveled a lot with our parents in the mountains and southern France and we saw climbers uh, in Luxembourg and uh, so I get, got inspired by that. Okay. Then at one point there was a little um, wall from the Alpine Club, we heard about it and then I started there and uh, yeah my first goal when I started climbing there was to become a rock climber and to be able to climb the rocks in Luxembourg. And that's that's how I started just training in little woody and uh, then it gets more and more and more. Mm -hmm. yeah. and you're, uh, in your teens at this time, how old were you about? Uh, I think 15, okay. 14, 15. Right. So not super young, but... Not super young, yeah. We had the period we, we started like repelling things, not really climbing. We thought climbing is uh, boring. Uh, that was a bit earlier, I think. Right. We just were repelling on yeah. ropes that weren't even climbing ropes. Right. We just had a quick draw and thought it's a it was something like I could repel with you, so we made a nut, the belay nut, and just repelled with a quick draw and a usual belt. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually kind of a theme among a lot of people that come on the show, that they start climbing and, and just do all these stupid things that yeah. probably should have killed them, but somehow they managed to live yeah, yeah. through yeah. that period. We built our own harnesses. Oh, from, yeah. I don't know how you, you call it in the States, the jalousie, that close the window. Okay, yeah. And uh, this this is a kind of um, sling. Right. Yeah, and we had this sling because it looked stable and we we stitched it together. 
And this was our first harness we used. And your parents were just like, have fun. Yeah, Don't they get didn't hurt. really recognize know what, what you guys yeah. were doing. Yeah. And this is you and your brother. Yeah, me yeah. and my brother. Right. Yeah. What's your brother's name? Uh, Marcus. Okay. Uh, and Sebastian. I started with my brother Sebastian. Yeah. Okay, you have two brothers? Yeah, two brothers, one sister. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. And your sister climb? She climbs, oh. yeah, as well. So you got the whole family, or at least all the kids climbing eventually. Did your parents join in? Oh, no. Okay. They tried it, but right. didn't really know right. they have other hobbies yeah. but they but they had a notion of going to the mountains and yes and, yes and vacationing and yeah things also like the that. first years when we um when i started climbing my brother started climbing that was really good i climbed a lot with marcus and so we we, we went to our parents and said okay we have an idea we want to go to southern france and there's a very nice place like Fontainebleau, like Gorstitan, Zeus. These were all places we really wanted to go and we com combined it. So we went there with my parents. My parents drove down to the places. Mm -hmm. They were walking around, enjoying walking, and we enjoyed climbing. That was fit for it. Wow, that works out really well. Yeah, yeah. Now, we were these, were, I mean, so you managed to, like, get away with rappelling on, on pretend harnesses yeah, and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You that know, was, was there a, we a point where you're parents were concerned at all about this this sport you guys were going into or did they know enough to to not be scared for you yeah they were not scared okay. they they liked it yeah right i like that idea because it seems like you you created your own little climbing community with your brothers and sisters you know to sustain yourselves but you know did you start to learn about sort of the greater picture of climbing in germany and were there were there any any of those people once you started to learn about the greater climbing that sort of inspired you or, or you aspired to be like in, in terms mm. of the history in Europe or anything like that? Uh, or were you like really in a little insulated moment? Where well, I just, at first, just the, the climbers I saw on the rock, they inspired me. Mm -hmm. And then I was in a, an, I, I started, as I said, in a small world from the Alpine Club. I was, I was in a chi children group and my goal was I wanted to climb at least more than once a week, so they, they told me when, when I'm a good climber, I'm allowed to climb with the adults. So I just climbed the, every time a lot, a lot, and not only on that only one day training, two hours or one and a half, I can't remember. And I thought, okay, when I go to the adults, they are really good in climbing. So I trained a lot to be able to climb with them. Then I was allowed to, to train with them. And then it was very disappointing because I already was much better than they were. I knew you were going to say it, that. That was actually. very boring. <laughs> and, um, so, but so you're allowed to, to move up to the greats and they were kind of like, oh, well, this is a little disappointing. I'm better than all you guys. Yeah, but the good thing was because I, w I climbed a bit better uh, than them, uh, I was, they, they liked to take me to the rock. Okay, so cool. we visited a lot of local rocks and we went to the climbing gyms in the other cities and that was really good. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then I motivated my friends who went with the train to the bigger climbing gyms in Cologne. And um, yeah, every time I met a climber um, around, I would just exchange telephone numbers and stuff right. like that so that I had the opportunity to go with a lot of people. What about when you, um, I mean, school runs through what 18 same thing as in the states in terms of oh. yeah a bit longer okay a yeah. bit longer so tell me about that like the transition to you know all of a sudden it's not first it's not going with or it was going with your parents they're taking you to places where you could climb then you're climbing with these other adults what did it look like when you started to be able to climb and go on your own trips 
Yeah, when I had my driver's license, yeah. that was something I was really looking forward to. Mm -hmm. The driver's license to be able to go on my own trips. But also, already before I had the driver's license, I went with friends. They had a car, so that was really good. I really enjoyed the time. That was, uh, yeah, first time free going with friends somewhere. And yeah, things changed. So on during the school holidays, we went with friends. And right. So parents, that was good. So tell me a little bit about like the, the great um, sort of climbing venues that you, that you can tell me about in Germany. I mean, I've, I've actually never climbed there and I, I sort of know some of the history, you know, behind, um, you know, like Bern Arnold and those sorts of people. Yeah. And, but tell me about like the places you climbed and, and, and uh, your favorite spots in Germany. Yeah, for us, the main place, the place to be was France, okay. of course. The sport climbing in France, the bouldering in France. So we went to first France climbing how far, trip. How far are we talking? Uh, in a, like a 1, drive or whatever. 1,000 to 1,200 kilometers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Fontainebleau, we did Fontainebleau, Gorge de Verdun, Gorge du Tarn. So we in one trip. Okay. It's like three weeks trip. So I knew everything, and then we went. That was with my parents, and after we went with with friends to Gorge de um, Tarn because this was just perfect for us. The, uh, steep walls with jugs. Um, long bolt distances, mm -hmm. so that we really liked it. Uh, that was good climbing. I think that's good to start on because you have jugs and when it's steep, so mm -hmm. we enjoyed it. And uh, in Germany, we visited uh, just small stones. Most people don't like the, the local small stones, but for me, it's it's still climbing, and I really enjoyed it. And one place we climbed a lot was in Luxembourg, Berdorf. This the sandstone. This was the place where I. Uh, saw climbers for the first first time, and this this was the place. I think I climbed my first seven A. I climbed my first seven uh, C or eight A and mm -hmm. stuff like that. We went a lot of times there for during the weekends. Yeah, and uh, we didn't knew much about climbing history. We didn't knew about Wolfgang Gullich. I just knew that he was a good climber because right. we had a, a post of him hanging right. there, and. Uh, but nothing about the climbing history. And at one point we heard about Frank Muir and we were like very impressed that we saw the pictures from the Bernschloch that looked like southern France. And we thought, oh, why we drove to France? Because we have something like that a bit closer, mm -hmm. like 400 kilometers or 350. So, but yeah, I enjoyed it to climb there. It was um, really good, but if I tried hard things, for example, I was able to climb 8A, 8A plus in southern France, but in Frankenjura, it felt super hard. Right. Yeah, because the routes are a bit shorter. Um, yeah, all the, the things, also the whole speed gets smaller, right? Right. And uh, yeah, it's just super fingery, and um, I really had to get used to it. So, mm -hmm. And the first thing I heard, I remember about Frankenjura, that there are only pockets, and I didn't like the pockets. So that's why we didn't went there in the first time. So I really start to really like and love Frank Ewers in the last years. So I spent the last three, four years, I spent a lot of time there because it's really good climbing. Right. Yeah. So you just mentioned that you don't like pockets. Can you, I mean, it's sort of a weird open question, but can yeah. you talk about sort of what kind of climber you are? Like what motivates you, you know, are you boulder? Are you sport climber? Do you ever trad climb? What, what's kind of your style, or at least the styles that you like the most? Oh, yeah, I like everything a bit, everything the same. Uh, I started uh, Dread um, because there were not man many bowls in our areas. Mm -hmm. 
um, but then mainly did sport climbing, but I did a lot of competitions as well, and there was bouldering mainly. Um, so I really like bouldering as well. I did some boulder trips, but was more into um, sport climbing a long time. Then I had some, yeah, during the winter sometimes I went bouldering, so, like super mixed up. Then I really like tread climbing again. I went tread climbing, started a few years ago. Um, let me think. Yeah, because we have that pl that place from the video, the the quarry. Mm -hmm. There's really good tread climbing. There we went tread climbing some years ago, like five, six, seven, eight years ago. We started tread climbing there again. And I'm also motivated to do long routes um, in Norway or Patagonia. And there, of course, you you have to climb on gear. Right. That yeah. So I really like it. So you're have you been Everything. down? You're motivated for the future, or you've been down to those places? I was there already. Yeah. 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 When 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 did you go to Patagonia? Oh, it was 2010 or 11. Let me think. 2010, I think. Right. How'd that go? Um, it, it, I won a competition and got some money, and I thought, cool, that's I want to go to South America for a big world trip. Yeah, and then I went down there, play spontaneously. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how? I mean, how, how was your success rate? I'm always curious when people go to Patagonia if they get. There's either, you know, the yeah. stories usually are we, about wind and we, sitting yeah, around we were, a lot. Yeah, we were lucky. So when oh, we yeah. arrived, total blue sky. We could go to the to the um, rocks there directly on the second day. And uh, but the thing uh, we tried, it was um, uh, eight route, not free climbed yet. I was there with Nico Fafres. Okay. And um, we tried to free climb it, or just went up and look how it goes. But it was very exposed and super windy, and we had to. Climb up. We were very slow because of the wind and had to go out of the route into another route and then it was dark, we lost the place, so we went down. And then I climbed the second, we had the second good window. I went with people I didn't knew at all. Mm -hmm. uh, so they both were looking for someone to lead, climb on the rock. And that was cool because I um, needed someone to take me over the glaciers. I was not experienced with glacier things right. at all, so that was that fit very well. But um yeah, it worked didn't work so well. There was one guy messing up all the time the ropes and stuff and uh it was not very organized. So right. we were ve very slow and then we went down again. But for me it was good. I didn't need to go to the summit. It right. was just a really good adventure. Sure. Yeah. That's pretty I mean that's pretty <laughs> Interesting that you would just like. What were you? What were you climbing on with those people? What, what? what, what route or what formation was um, that? There was. We tried to fit right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you just pick up these random people and. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. We picked them up. Yeah, but we were also not so very lucky. So right. we were waiting for hours um, right. in front of the route because there were so many people and oh, they were sure. so slow. It was not very good. Yeah. Right. 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 So. Yeah. But it was a learning experience. Learning experience. Yeah. yeah. And and um, a beautiful place, I'm sure. I haven't been down there, so yeah, it's super good. So, well, you know, it's funny because again, like I sort of met you in Julia, and kind of like right away, like clued into your psych level. Um, you know, you were down there on this short trip, you know, climbing as much as you could. You showed up without a car. You were sort of secretly camping up on this hillside, and and. Um, and somehow I had talked your girlfriend into doing that as well, which is was is impressive in its own right. And, um, you know, so it's like this psych level, and that speaks to it too. Like, oh, I want to go climb this thing. I'll just, if you guys get me across the glacier, I'll lead the route, you know. 
kind of a thing. So can you sort of talk about that attitude? It, it seems to be a theme in some of the media that I saw as well. Like, is that just a natural thing that you're you're born with, um, or is it something that climbing brings out in you? Mm, or maybe I, it's not even, it's just something that other people see. Do you think of yourself that way? Uh, I hope I get the question right. But I think I was every time very um, excessive with, with what I did. So I was mountain biking a lot. So I went every day mountain biking and I wanted to push myself. And during the same time, I really liked to be outdoor, like in the wood, maybe also be on my own, just like pushing my limits, driving fast, up and down. On, and then I had a time I was skating. I was skating all the day with my inline skates, uh, like jumping things and grinding rails and stuff like that. So uh, that was a bit more exciting. Yeah, a little bit, I wouldn't say adventure, but it was very exciting sometimes because you, you were not allowed to fall because when you fall, then it hurts. So yeah. it's sometimes it's a bit common, something like dread climbing or yeah, it's like dread climbing because sometimes you do things you're not quite sure um, if you can do it mm -hmm. and you have really to think about it. Do I want to do, do I want to jump down there or not? I'm able to do it or not. So that's, um, I liked it. So, and then when I, yeah, it was just very excessive all the time. And then when I started climbing, I had, I had like the opportunity to spend a lot of time in the nature, being out there and climb. It's challenging myself, and uh, yeah, yeah, I really liked it. That that's the thing. Uh, climbing has so many different aspects. Why um, why I like it. So and one one thing is boring. I go for another thing. So that's also when I choose my project. Maybe one time I um, do a long endurance route in Spain mm -hmm. and then I go home and I go for a bouldery thing, bouldery short route in Frank Jura with only pockets. Right. And after that I go bouldering in the in um local cave or maybe go for a cycle block trip to Mallorca. So it, it's every time something else. Right. And your your uh your brothers and sister still climb? Uh, yeah, my brother Marcus climbed a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good climber. And he's well. the partner in the gym. He's my partner in the gym. Yeah, yes, right. that means when when I'm he's working right now. That means when I go on a trip, he has to work. So no climbing trips together anymore in the next or in the near future. Maybe right until you get things set yeah. up with the gym. Yeah, my sister is in Australia right now. Okay. Yeah. So you know, thinking through this this idea to build the gym, right? Um, how was that in your thought process of of do I want to commit to this this thing that's going to take my time or were you easily kind of uh, inspired to do this gym and just just not worry about that sort of thing? I mean, was there a discussion about that? No, I know when when I open a gym, if I have the opportunity, it's something that not everybody can do. So you sure. need there are a lot of aspects that has to be right, and um, so everything was positive from every direction so we I just was happy to open the gym mm -hmm. and I knew that it's a lot of work I put a lot a lot of work uh, inside to prepare everything to get everything right and uh, of course now it's a lot of work mm -hmm. yeah because I um, some friends of mine they have gyms as well and they say Daniel that will be a lot of work and right. I was prepared and I think it's not that bad right yeah I'm, I'm maybe um, not a person that gets stressed too fast, so right. I don't mind to work maybe from, yeah, sometimes we work from 10 in the morning 
to we open at 10 close at 11 i do sometimes the whole day and that means i have to start at nine sometimes i have to do, do even the cleaning in the gym before we open then all the day maybe children birthdays uh, <laughs> then we finish at 11 then i have to clean everything then finish everything it means sometimes i'm out at three o'clock so the days are very long right yeah and it's, it's okay it's in the start is like that we don't have so many people yet that help us out mm -hmm. and uh, but it's good did I you think. build the wall yourself um we didn't build it um ourselves but we did um i spent a lot of time on a computer to to get um like the best opportunity of the wall we could get so we we thought a lot of about w angles how and angles how and like shop. you could get the most out <laughs> right. of the space and yeah. that sort of thing right yes so so this was a challenge right yeah. the design of the wall mm -hmm. but now first i had to learn the, the program how to to uh, make the the, the 3d sign uh, sure. painting in the computer and uh, yeah, after I knew that, that was just super nice. I had a lot of different models of the wall and just picked out the best things. And so we are very happy now. Right. Yeah. It looks great. Yeah, thank you. It looks like a cool cool space and a, and a really nice setup, yeah, the way it's you. set up. So, well, um, yeah, I mean, I, it, the reason I'm kind of coming back to that is because, you know, I talked to a lot of these climbers uh, who either, you know, spend all their time they didn't necessarily go to university did you end up going to university yeah i i, I went to university okay. after school that was my big goal because all my friends were in university and um for me it was very important because then yeah you have the long holidays that was very attractive and on the other hand i really wanted to be a teacher because okay. um yeah i was doing climbing classes uh, like teaching people to climb and so i thought okay that's something i have fun so I will be a teacher, so I started studying it. I really liked it. Um, I'm nearly finished, just a few things I have to do, and then I'm done. Okay. Yeah, but I, I haven't studied now in the, last, in the last time because there was so much to do for the climbing gym. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, you know, to sort of finish that, is that, that's kind of what I'm always curious about because, you know, people wonder... You see climbers out climbing and, and living on the road and taking long trips like you took before. And it, even at my age, you know, I'm always just a little curious. Well, how did they make that happen? You know, because you want to know because you kind of want to do it. Yeah, and, I did, but... And so with... But then there's all... It seems like there's always a point, even with professional climbers, you know, where you run into this like, well, there's got to be... I got to do something a little different. I can't just keep doing this over and over and over again. So, I mean, this is just another version of that, to, to start a gym and try to make that work. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I was living a very different um, lifestyle. So, I um, didn't spend much money on things. So, um, for me, it was very important that I can go climbing. So, I only spent money for climbing. And uh, because I didn't have much money, I just did like low budget strips. Mm -hmm. And, uh, okay, I could have done a holiday shop or a job or something like that but that then the climbing trip is shorter so I spend a lot of um, time hitchhiking sleeping in the bushes like very traditional low-budget climbing trips yeah yeah so. th that's pretty funny because part part of when I met you um, I, you know I, I've had that era in my life you know and it's probably quite a bit past but I always like meeting the people who are who are doing it. Most of the time, they're much younger than me. Um, 
it's always impressive to me to, uh, to, you know, to meet these folks that are like, I don't need a car. I don't need to sleep in a van. I mean, the van thing in Europe is huge. Like everybody's got vans. Yeah. And, you know, not only did I notice it, but then our friend Bernardo, like, kind of highlighted it in a video that he made of you as well, hitching to Sirana. You know, I don't know where you were living at that point, but probably in town. Um, But, yeah, that vagabond thing is, is, I think it's like the soul of climbing in a lot of ways. Like you said, like, minimizing and making every penny count, you know, in terms of of your, your, uh, your climbing time. But, you know, so... There was some sort of transition then to deciding to build this gym. Yeah, uh, we planned it all the time. We right. were looking for buildings, and at one point there was the opportunity, and so we, th- we said we have to do it now. Because all the time it was very exciting, because um, we knew that there were other people that were very interested in our, like in the same city, to op- open a gym in the same city. And... Um, because it was, um, we had the idea so early and it, it was like uh, like a little dream to have our own boulder gym um, that was a bit like a kind of pressure. How long between, between the idea oh, and... Oh, 10 the years at least. 10 years, yeah. okay. At first it was the idea to make a climbing gym and then, but like 10 years ago, um, nobody would expect that boulder gyms would Just work Just a bouldering gym, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a definitely so, a kind of a new thing. Yeah, and then the first boulder gyms come up and uh, we saw that, um, yeah, for people it's interesting to start climbing uh, in a boulder gym because it's super easy. Everything is much easier and all the boulder gyms were running well and then we thought, yeah, that's okay. That's something even for us um, much better because... Um, it's easier to open a boulder gym than a climbing gym because mm-hmm. the building doesn't need to be that high, that big, and um, so we that r- refreshes all the search for buildings and the whole idea. So we changed from making a climbing gym to start to make a boulder gym, and then right. we heard there was the Alpine Club play, uh, having uh, playing with the idea to open a climbing gym as well in the city. And then we thought, okay, but climbing gym and boulder gym, will that work? And then we had a lot of respect. We stopped planning. And then at one point, the uh, Alpine Club s- stopped planning. Then we started again. Right. And at the end, we said, okay, my brother started the education uh, to, um, for sport business. And then we said, okay, now when we will definitively do it, doesn't matter if it, the Alpine Club will open the gym as well. Right. And then also we saw in other cities, it works well when you have a climbing gym and a boulder gym next mm-hmm. to each other. It mm-hmm. works very well because it's just something very different, the kind of different sport. And so you have also different people going to the boulder gym than to the climbing gyms. Yeah, and now we have the climbing, uh, the boulder gym and the Alpine Club has also this gym. So they are doing it works. Yeah, yeah, it works well. I'm yeah. sure it works fine. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Well, let me let me switch a little bit to your climbing because I don't think a lot of folks, at least that listen to this, you know, primarily in the states, are super familiar with your climbing career or probably even who you are. I I had a vague idea, um, and I'm I pay attention. You know what I mean? But there's always this. There is definitely this split in terms of our media, you know, between American or at least North American athletes and yeah. in, in all but the you know the super famous kind of old school. European climbers and a lot of times the not that you're super young what did you say you're 30 yeah 31 yeah not that you're super young but a lot of the the kind of the your generation and younger aren't necessarily on our radar over here so 
Talking about your climbing and who you are, you said you, you'd like to do all disciplines. You've even been to Patagonia. But can you talk a little bit or, or you know, I don't know if you can think of um, a, some climbs or some climbing moments or anything else that you think maybe, you know, I asked this to, of, of Sonny, or uh, yeah, I asked this to Sonny Trotter recently, like, if you were going to write a memoir today, like, what climbs would, you know, be a, chapter at least you know warren a few pages talking about like um not even like your hardest climbs but maybe over your your sort of career as a climber good question i don't really know what is a memory a memory i guess something before you die right you asked right a memoir memoir uh like your autobiographical book okay you know like the book of your the the story of your life that you'll write when you're 80 and and uh you're a super famous climbing you're like the Wolfgang Gulick of the future and and your yeah. publishing come up companies demanding a book yeah there are different climbs mm-hmm. um, I mean even just a couple or, sometimes or just climbing trips mm-hmm. like the first time um, with my friend Simon because he had the driver's license before me so we went together on climbing trips we were projecting 8a routes and suddenly to uh, I climbed something, I sent my first aid, it was super exciting, uh, or when I tried, of course, it's every time you try something because there's the grade and you want to do, to get a step higher, uh, even if it's a bit stupid to just focus on the grades, but during that time we were a little bit like that, so one day I wanted to be a good climber, that was the goal, and I wanted to reach a high level, um, so I tried one trip something, I thought, okay, maybe in couple of years you will be able to 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 send it so i just spent the whole trip to try it and see if it will work maybe in the future but mm-hmm. i send it during that trip so uh, that was a very big uh, thing that was le Quatre, and i think it was 2004 mm-hmm. and uh, yeah i was not even like from five tries uh, just the crux move, I maybe did it once, so like right. very low chance to send it when I come from the ground. But I just, I didn't really work the move, I just went from the ground up and tried it and s- suddenly I stuck it. And it was right. like just such a big surprise and such a good moment. And uh, yeah, that was just r- maybe one of the best climbing experience I had. Then uh, yeah, just single climbs, maybe whole trips, adventure things, maybe when you got lost in the woods of and meet a lot of whiteboards, for example, or like other adventures. Wait, what did things. you say? Yeah, we got lost, for example, on a boulder trip uh-huh. in Fondemploe, and we met a lot of whiteboards, like the wild pigs. That was super good. I oh. really like that. Uh, yeah, of course, a bit dangerous, maybe, but uh, it, it was an adventure. Wait, wait, I'm still lost on that. You met yeah. a lot of what? Whiteboards, like the wild pigs. The white pigs? Wild. Wild, wild pig. pigs. Yeah. Oh, the wild boars. Yeah, wild oh, boars. Yeah. I got you. I was like, <laughs> yeah, what yeah, are you yeah. talking about? Sorry, it was the one time yeah. I couldn't understand you. Yeah, so right. it's not not every time a specific climb. Sure. Some things like that are a part of the climbing mm-hmm. trips, so I really like that. Or the windy day in Patagonia, repelling all night in the strong wind. That was very impressive. Or... Yeah, different things. Or suddenly climbing trip. I had one climbing trip in Rodia. I was there for a month. The first two weeks I couldn't, I was not able to do anything. It was just super hot. Suddenly it got cold and every week I sent like two super hot routes. It was um, 
it's just surprising because mm -hmm. you first think, okay, wow, you're not on the level you thought because you you can't climb anything and then suddenly it turns cold and then you, you, you climb suddenly things you never done before just in a couple of tries. Right. So it was really good. Yeah. Is this the first time you've been to the States? Yeah, first time. Right, and you've been here for a couple of weeks? Um, three weeks only. Okay. <laughs> but at least it's something, right? Right. And um, to three weeks total, so you have yeah, another week three, Yeah, ahead another of you. week left. Okay. Yeah. Tell what have you been doing? Where have you been going? Uh, we were for uh, video shooting and photo shooting in Joshua Tree. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the place. It was the first time for me to climb in the, in the desert there. And uh, it's a very historic place in the States. And uh, the, I guess some roads, uh, routes are very old. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I really liked it. Tough grading, uh, really quality climbing. I really liked it. Even if the flags are sometimes a bit loose, a bit uh, adventure. It's not the typical sport climbing. Right. So I really liked that the uh, rocks were clean. There was no shock on it. That's something I really like because when... when I see a rock with a lot of shock or tick marks. For me, this is the rock doesn't look attractive anymore. It's just like dirty, and uh, I'm not very motivated. It's more or less than climbing just in the gym. You know what to grab every right, time. So right. I really like the climbing in in Joshua Tree. It was clean, and um, even if the rock was sometimes a bit loose, I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would anything stand out route-wise? Uh, I did in Joshua Tree. Yeah, we just climbed what looked good. So right. I don't, I to be honest, I don't know any name. Oh. I don't know the grades. Yeah, just walking around, just asking. walking around, climbing things. Oh, cool! Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then you drove up to Salt Lake City. You've been climbing around here. Yes, we were in Little Cottonwood. Mm -hmm. Really good bouldering. I really liked it. Uh, the granite. Um, the the first time since a long time that it was bouldering bouldering on granite, and I really enjoyed it. I hope I will go back on Sunday. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm always curious about the cultural sort of gap, you know, and, yeah. and between whatever Europeans or anybody else in America, we, we have a lot of conceptions about what Europeans are like, and you guys have a lot of conceptions about what we're like, yeah. not just um, our cultures in general, but our cultures is climbing. So has there been anything that's like st stood out to you in terms of, of maybe something you didn't expect or something you expected that was wrong or something like that coming over to the States? Uh, but I, th I was surprised that I guess a lot of people boulder in Little Cottonwood mm -hmm. and the boulders, especially the, the easier ones, they were clean. There was, there was not too much shock, that there were no tick marks. And when you see sometimes pictures from the uh, European places like Cristiano or Fontainebleau, but more Cristiano and Magic Wood, there's so many shock, there's so many tick marks, and this is like, I thought it it's, would be worse in the US, but it's not, it's clean. That's something I was surprised. Huh. Yeah. I wonder if that's an ethic here. I don't climb up there, so. I th um, my theory was all the time, because people watch the, there are not many European climbing movies, or only the American ones, and you see the, bo the, the guys climbing hard stuff, they have to tick marks and so on, so they start to tick mark and do things like that. And, in Europe as well, so I thought, okay, it's an American thing with the long tick marks, mm -hmm. but it uh, seems to be a Euro European uh, thing. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I no, it, I, it, I like I said, I'm surprised even that in Little Cotwood that there's not a bunch of tick marks. Yeah, you're surprised. Okay. Yeah, so I, there must be uh, some sort of ethic or culture of trying not to have tick marks up there. Yeah. Because um, that's, I mean, it's not unusual in the States to yeah. have tons of tick marks. Okay, I haven't seen any, uh, everything. I just saw a few places. Right, right. Uh, I saw also boulder with tick marks, but the guy who finished the boulder, he just brushed them off and went away to like, just like it should be. Right. Perfect, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like... It would be that hard to brush your tick marks off of a boulder. Yeah, a lot of people just make the big tick marks and go away and, and then leave, leave them here. Yeah, and that bugs you. That bugs me, yeah. Then right. it looks just shitty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I want to have a, I mean, to climb the boulder is one thing, It's but uh, just 50 person, like 50, the other 50 person are figuring out where to go, what to do. Mm -hmm. And if someone just tells you what to do, it's not... It's boring. Right, right. Yeah. It's just kind of a map to yeah. everything else. I mean, it helps a lot, but it, then you have the optical aspect. It just looks shitty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's uh, what's on the plate then? Where are you gonna? Where you, you got a one more week here? You gonna um, go back to Little Cottonwood on Sunday? Yeah, Little Cottonwood on Sunday uh, with the rock project here. Mm -hmm. we, we will clean up some things and um, you're gonna pull graffiti off. Of yes, yes, one that's area really cool. There. I haven't seen any graffiti yet, but. I already pulled graffiti off some rocks in, in my place as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I will see. And uh, next week we go in the desert to climb some cracks, some towers. That will be really nice. Looking forward to it because I heard it's very unique, very special. Don't uh, take a look at the grades because everything can be hard. It will be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what what what's on your tick list tower wise? Yeah, uh, tower wise, I don't know any towers. I guess we just drive there, see tower, and go for it. <laughs> okay, sounds yeah. good. Oh, but we go with JT. I think he has a plan. What? Oh to do. right, he'll yeah, he'll yeah. show you the best. Yes, the best of the best. So I mean, hopefully you'll do at least do Castleton. Has that been muttered at all? I don't know any names. <laughs> <laughs> My first time here. All right, well tell him you want to do Castleton. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. If you've never climbed in the desert, then. It's, I mean, it's like the iconic tower to, I mean, you have to go climb Castleton. Okay, Whether yeah. you climb an easy route or a hard route, doesn't matter. Doesn't you got to yeah. climb Castleton for oh, sure. Okay, so good. He, he'll know. If he doesn't put you up Castleton, I'll have a word with him because that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. You got to go down there and climb that. So, so I haven't climbed in Germany or e even in sort of Northern Europe at all. Um, is there anything you would sort of want to tell me or someone coming there about what to expect from sort of German climbing culture? Oh, good question. Or if I was everything is different because yeah. uh, everything is a bit closer to to each other, and you have your different themes. Every every theme is a little bit different. The ethics even are a bit different from crack to crack. Uh, what you do, what you not do. Some people, some people want to have the rocks for just for themselves, just local people, so they don't like people, other people to come. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's the same here in the states. Yeah. Right? Yeah, maybe the same, maybe different. I haven't seen enough here in the states. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if it, even um, even not going by comparison. Yeah. But let me rephrase the question. So yeah. if I was like, dude, I'm coming to Germany. Where do I need to go? Where you need to go when you go to yeah. Germany? I guess you would. Uh, one of the places would be. Um, maybe we start with the roots. That is uh, Pfalz. That's where um, uh, Wolfgang Gullich starts. Mm -hmm. Then go to the Frank Jura because there he continues. And um, because in the Frank Jura, yeah, you have all the classics. You sometimes still see the red point, uh, could Albert marks on the rock. Right. That's really cool. 
And of course, um, uh, Saxony, even if it's old school climbing, very specific climb, like protection only with nuts, no, no um, camelots or stuff is allowed. So you only climb with slings and nuts uh, in a beautiful landscape in the Saxony. And then basically you have seen the biggest areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the Frankenura, I sometimes get confused. Is it, is that also, I mean, is that a mix of sort of bolting and also some of the old school stuff? Like, or is that, I mean, is that where action direct is? Yeah, Frankenura is where action direct is. Yeah. There's chasing the plane, hitchhike the plane, uh, hitchhike the plane, uh, hitchhike the, yeah, chasing the train, hitchhike the plane, I think. Right. You know where, uh, I think it's from John Bacher. Oh, shit, I should knew the history. Probably. No, history. Yeah, yeah. So this is the place where all the classics are. Um, mainly they are bolted, mm -hmm. but y there are some um, yeah, tread stuff as well. In Germany, we, we call the tread climbing clean climbing. Okay, clean yeah, climbing. Yeah. Sure. But uh, I think the... M what is it in German? Clean climbing. We call it just clean climbing. You we use, use the English, English words. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, not clever. No, I think most sort of most things are are bolted. There's a little like little movement of people just started to track climb there again, mm -hmm. but uh, you can nearly do everything like on bolts. Right. The uh, bolts are a bit like uh, far from each other sometimes, but it's a part of the game. Right. Yeah. So and you you of course you recognize the tough grading of the historic routes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, what's up with that? It's what? the same here in the States. Yeah, it's the same in the States. Yeah. I don't know. They like just, The, the grading could just kind of slid over time. It's just like quality climbing. Right. Yeah, it's um, very interesting, I think, because uh, people like the low grades routes, right? Mm -hmm. So they go to, to the 8A database and internet, just check, okay, which, which route has the most ascent. And this is the route they go for because they think this is the best route. But for me, for example, when I go to to climbing trip, I I check out, of course, uh, for me it's interesting to see what time people climb the hard routes in that area. Uh, but when I go to that place, usually the, the route that has a lot of sense, has a lot of shock. And if it had a lot of shock, it means like it got maybe tried a lot from one person. So you, uh, you check it in the a database. If there are a lot of sense, that means like a lot of people can climb it. That means like it's easy kind um Easy climbing, it's like low quality climbing then for me because everybody can climb up. So I prefer the things that have less ascents. Okay. Yeah, I go to rock, look what's, what is nice, and then I go for it. Now let me ask you this though, is, it, is that something that you've grown into? I mean, you, you talked about going on your first trips to like look for the grades you wanted to kind of check off. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I, I think that's a really good attitude and, and I, I try to have that same attitude, you know, and not be worried about the grades. But I also feel like in some ways it's a mature attitude that maybe, you know, you sort of grow into or were you always this person? I like, think I was like, every time like that because right. when we went to the Frank Nura, uh, my friend said, oh, wow, this is a classic. You have to do it. And I said, yeah, but it looks shitty. Even if it's a classic, it, no it means nothing to me. It's right. not interesting. And the other thing with the uh, shark roots or p roots with a lot of ascents, uh, during that time it wasn't like that. When we went to Seyus, like 2002, there were like spin webbings and, and roots uh, in the 8As, for example, or 8A pluses, mm -hmm. and uh, they were barely climbed. I, uh, during that time, I never saw someone hanging in an in a 8C 
or AC plus. I think the first time I saw someone hanging in AC plus, I don't know. It was like a bit attraction for me. I never saw something like that. Now everything is very different. You go to CUs, for example, and you see the people like there are six people staying in a row waiting for to climb eight A, eight A plus, or eight C. So right. it changed a lot. Yeah, when we started, there were no. We didn't. Of course, there were the classic routes, but. All the routes maybe have more or less the same ascents during right. that time. There were not that many climbers. And yeah. the climbers have, it seems like they've all gotten better. Yeah, yeah, you see it, we recognize it. Right. Yeah, you sure. see a lot of people climbing now uh, 8A, 8A plus, 7C, yeah, everything, like up to 9A, a lot of people climb it. Right, right. Yeah. So you're starting to feel old? No, I don't <laughs> feel old. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my second name is Young, so I will stay. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah, any relation Surname. to this psychologist? Yeah. What? Any relation to uh, Carl? No, no. No, nowhere? No. Down the line? Oh, okay, sounds good. Um, all right, well, thanks a lot for sitting down. It's no been problem. Uh, super fun, and hope you've enjoyed it. And, yes. Um, I appreciate you taking time out of this week. I know it's been crazy for you and, and tiring, and like I said, we had to pull you out of bed to come. Oh, it's this, not so. a problem. It's just we went home late yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's not tiring. Tiring sounds like boring, but it's not boring. It's really good for me. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks a lot, yeah. Daniel. No problem. All right, folks, thanks for listening, and thanks to Daniel for sitting down and waking up from his nap, mostly. Anyway, mostly waking up. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Make sure and tell a friend about the EnormaCast, and let me know if you want some stickers. Send me an address to chris at enormacast.com. I'm mostly caught up. Well, that's not really true. I'm several hundred emails behind, but whatever. I'll get to you and your sticker request eventually. All right, folks, summertime's in full swing here in the United States and in Germany, actually. So don't forget to check your knot. And if you're in Germany, überprüfen Sie Ihre Knoten. Now's the time our sprockets fed me dog.